Welcome back to the Land Development Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Glick. And if this is your first time joining us, our show is dedicated to highlighting individuals within the land development industry, uh, talking through their origin story and talking about some of their projects that they worked on. Uh, Today, I am out at the Diligent Development office and I am sitting with the Vice President of Diligent Development, Tim Bortson. Thanks for joining me, Tim. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And uh, where I like to start out each of these episodes that, uh, that we record with our guests that we have on is digging into a little bit of your origin story, how you got into this. So you're, today you're obviously in land development, um, but really the question is, is kind of where did you get your start in real estate? Is that something that you've been doing from the beginning of your career or is it something that uh, you kind of found along the way? Yeah. Uh beginning of time for me, really. Um, so I, I grew up in Dubuque. Um, my uncle owns a, a general contracting company, Ports and Construction. So I spent a few summers um, in high school working, working for him, pouring concrete, um, really learning at the very bottom level. Um, knew I did not want to pour concrete for the rest of my life. Um, so, uh, but really liked the construction industry. Um, had a real kind of knack for, for dollar signs and numbers. Um, so knew that I wanted to stay in real estate and be close to construction. Um, but probably more on the financial side. So, um, I went to school at university of Northern Iowa. Um, they had a dual program for real estate and finance. So that felt like a pretty good marriage for me. It was, it was an Iowa public college that, uh, had exactly kind of where I wanted to go. So, um, from day one, went to UNI with the the concept of, of graduating with a real estate and finance major and never, never changed majors, never kind of stayed on that path. Um, did an internship with, um, a commercial real estate lender. Um, then following graduation, got into commercial real estate lending, um, with a bank up in the twin cities. So I, uh, yeah, was, was on the lending side, but working with developers, contractors, um, for, for local development projects in the Twin Cities. Um, wanted to come back to Iowa. Uh, my, my then girlfriend, now wife, we were both from Iowa, wanted to kind of plant roots back in Iowa. And um, an opportunity with Hubble Realty came, came up. Um, they, were, they are one of the largest uh, real estate developers in Iowa. So I spent uh, just shy of a decade working in development for them. Um, Mainly at, in, at Hubble, I was doing more uh, investment real estate. So apartments, um, senior housing, industrial warehouse, stuff like that. I, I really didn't get much into the land development side. Um, but an opportunity came up at Diligent to go f- to, from kind of a, you know, a pretty large company, 300 plus people to a company of, of really kind of three full-time people um, and be able to have a little bit more touch and and get into the land development side and, and really be able to go from essentially, you know, raw farm ground, developing it through doing the vertical stuff that, um, I was familiar with at Hubble, um, all the way to kind of take out financing. So it was really a, a soup to nuts opportunity for me. So yeah, I've yeah. kind of always, always been drawn to real estate and haven't, haven't done anything else. Nice. I've got a lot of things uh, that I'm thinking about right now that I want to dig into, uh, especially because I feel like it's seems common that you know before people get into real estate or before people get into the land development side that they have tended to work some of the different positions and roles that 
fit into the land development process. And so um, I wonder, do you ever look back at those days of when you were, you know, doing concrete and everything and um, having some of that knowledge and understanding how that process works and maybe some of the other uh, processes that go into the actual development of the land? Do you ever find yourself thinking back to those days at all and, and how that's maybe uh, uh, formed your mindset of how you, you know, help run the development projects that you have here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? When I was doing it, I was, I was a day laborer. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't thinking about what went into it, whether it was private or public, why we did things this way or that way. Um, but now being in the industry, um, yeah, it's, it's fun to look back and, and realize, oh, this is why we were doing things the way we were. This is, you know, was this situation versus that situation. Um, and you, you kind of take for granted what, what those early on roles do to kind of set, um, set a foundation really. Yeah. And I, I guess another thing I wanted to touch on a little bit is the education side of it. So that one seems to be kind of hit or miss, right? With, with different people, some people's path doesn't include any formal education. Um, in your case, you know, you went to UNI and got your degree in something related to what you're doing in real estate. Um, how do you see that and how it's played a role in your career versus um, some of the things that maybe you've learned more on the job versus you learned in the classroom? Yeah. So uh, twofold, you know, I, I'm very grateful for, for my education at UNI. Um, I think it opened doors for me that, that otherwise wouldn't have been. Um, and it definitely opened doors sooner. Um, so when I, um, for instance, when I joined, uh, Hubble, I was probably one of the youngest people doing development, um, and involved in that. Usually I think, you, you know, you get that kind of broad knowledge by working in other, other industries and you kind of find yourself, um, getting into development. You can start off in property management or finance or, or this or that. Um, and you spend kind of you know, maybe a decade honing in on those skills. Um, I think because of my internship experience, because of some of my other experiences, but really because of that educational background, um, it kind of gave them the comfort level to, to kind of take a risk on bringing me in on the team as kind of young blood that they could really kind of form and mold. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think the education piece um, definitely got me, you know, my first internship, my first job, but really allowed me to, to get into the, this side of the industry, the development side of the industry, which is fairly broad, um, a lot faster than maybe some of my counterparts that, that found themselves, um, yeah. drawn into development after doing construction or property management or, or finance or something like that. Um, but I, I you know, Education is one, one part of it. Um, oh, for sure. The, the other part, I think, is definitely um, hands-on experience. And, you know, pouring concrete in the summers is, is a little bit of that. Um, but really uh, getting, getting involved in, in the construction side. Um, I by no means know much about construction or contracting. Um, but be, because it's something that I was drawn to, um, comfortable with, um, I, I did find myself really kind of interested in getting into the weeds a little bit mm -hmm. on the, on the construction side. Um, so that really helped me learn on the fly, um, 
maybe maybe not at an expert level, but enough to be yeah. dangerous and ask the right questions as kind of a developer owner's rep. Yeah. I don't necessarily need to have the answers, but um, I, I entrenched myself enough on the construction side to at least know what questions to ask, I guess, I think. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And with your experience uh, working in both a larger development shop and now here at Diligent, where you said you have three full-time individuals, I'm curious to dig in a little bit into uh, some of the differences of operating in that. And maybe your role here is different than your role was, you know, at the bigger, at the bigger company. But um, what are some of the key things that you've noticed since uh, you've kind of made that shift? And I mean, you spent a decent number of years yeah. at, uh, at Hubble. So what is that like going from there to diligent? Yeah. Um, like anything in life, there's, there's pluses and minuses. Um, I always knew um, that I, I wanted to be a, a larger part of something small. Um, so I, I think for a while, um, I was drawn to the idea of, of playing a larger role in, in a smaller, um, company. So that, that was definitely the draw to diligent. Um, I, I saw people who own their own businesses. I, I saw really entrepreneurial companies. I saw Hubble, um, grow tremendously as an entrepreneurial company and, and really wanted to be able to, to replicate to, to yeah. some scale that wanted yeah. to be kind of um, at the, at the ground level and, and be a part of building something up. Um, so that was really the opportunity that that's irreplaceable. Um, but you know, there's, there's benefits to, to larger companies too. Um, you know, smaller company, most days I find myself saying, um, you know, that I, I love that I get to touch everything and play a role in everything. Mm -hmm. And then there's other days where you're like, gosh, you know, I really wish I had X, Y, Z person to help me out with this or gosh, I right. wish I really had that, that expert in this. Um, I, I, I like the idea of being kind of a, a jack of all trades, master of none. Um, but you know, big companies, you have a lot of masters. Um, mm -hmm. you have experts in kind of every, every silo and that there's, there's benefit to that too. So um, yeah, I, I, I'm a strong believer that, you know, everything's, everything's balance. Um, but a, a small company, it's, it's definitely a little bit more nimble. Um, you, there's definitely, um, you know, you've got the owner hat on a little bit more, um, because you see all the ins outs, you are kind of responsible for all that. Um, it's, it's just on a smaller scale. Yeah. I think the wearing the many hats is something that's often overlooked. I think from the outside, when you're looking in and you're, you know, you're looking at the idea of being an entrepreneur and running your own business or being a big part of that business part owner, whatever it happens to be. And a lot of times in our day and age of social media, you know, everything's glorified. And so it's like, yeah, just, just kick back in my office and, uh, just make magic happen, you know? And it's yeah. like, no, I, I, you know, I, I pick up garbage. I, you know, I, I, I clean the bathrooms. I do, I do whatever needs to be done to help the company succeed. And I think that's the stuff that tends to be often overlooked. Whereas sometimes when you're, I think in a larger organization, it's harder. And this is my perspective. It's harder to see the, uh, the vision, if it's not necessarily painted to you mm -hmm. that way, or if you're not given access to some of the, the details that would help you completely understand how your role impacts the bottom line 
to help you buy in more to the organization. And so um, I do think that what you said makes a whole lot of sense in that, you know, the big difference is that now you kind of had, you know, one or two things that you were really responsible for within um, a process of a bunch of things. And now you are all of that stuff, yeah. you know, doing it on on these other projects. So no, you said you said that very well, and that's uh, that kind of brought that whole thing that cycle to my mind. Yeah, yeah, um, and and sometimes you don't have as loud of a voice either. Um, I think you know there's there's a lot of small companies out there, diligent being one of them, that's doing um, a lot of big things. Um, that some a lot of times people don't know about. It some you know gets overlooked, and and you know that's on me on, on getting things out there. But, um, you know, as a small company, you don't always have as loud of a voice to, to let people know, um, Hey, we're small, but we're, we're pretty mighty. We're, we're doing some, some big things. We may not have six big projects going on, but, but we're holding our own for sure. Yeah. I think that's, uh, the, that brand power that you build. And I mean, we're in a, we're in a relatively small community. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, getting the brand out there and people starting to see that, but I think reputation's also a big thing in a small community, right? Because sure. if you, you know, if you tarnish your reputation on a project, or even if you get a second chance and you tarnish it on a second project, well, you're probably not going to be in that business much longer or mm-hmm. anything. So I'm wondering uh, on that note, how, how do you, I guess, think about running things here at Diligent and making sure that you are, you know, protecting your brand and, and operating, um, you know, with, with that top level service and everything? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, luckily I, I stepped into diligent, um, and, and they really had an identity, um, very focused in, in Warren County. Um, that's where the, the two partners of diligent are, are based out of, uh, live in both in Norwalk area. So, um, we're, we're pretty concentrated in one area and, and that's where I mean, like, we don't have, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 projects. We've got a couple, but they're, they're pretty large projects that are very concentrated. So, um, we don't try, we, we kind of stick to what we're good at. Um, so that was nice stepping into it is, is I, I didn't have to get, um, pushed and pulled in too many different directions. Um, could kind of lean on a couple relationships with, with established cities where there was already a relationship with diligent, um, you know, lean on established relationships with, with contractors and, and, uh, design, design teams and stuff like that. Um, so that, that, that helps, um, keeping, keeping a focus. Um, and, you know, as a small entrepreneurial company, we, we do get into some other stuff. We, we, own a golf course there for a while. We, we operate a, a wine bar and, and craft cocktail bar in, in our Middlebrook project. So um, we still get pulled in different yeah. directions because that's, that's what entrepreneurs do is they tend to pull, pull you in different directions. But again, it's all kind of focused in those communities in developments that we're working in. It's all fairly intentional. Um, and I think that's you know, what we're known for is, is being intentional, being laser focused, um, on the things that we are doing. Yeah. And I had, uh, Kaylin on the show previously and, you know, we talked about some of the details with, uh, the projects down Great Western Crossing and Middlebrook and kind of what all is going on and everything down there. And so, yeah, I think what you're saying and describing, uh, does, you know, make sense with that. Um, one thing that we didn't touch on that I'm just 
thinking about right now is um, the the conference or the the event that you put on hm. in I think it's in January, right? Is it January? It'll be March this year. Oh, it's Builder March. Launching, yeah. Okay, yep. okay, it's March. Maybe in the past it was in January. Yeah, but... we've done it a little bit earlier in the okay, year. Okay, okay. So yeah, the Builder Luncheon. So that's going on. I can't even remember what year it is, but it's pretty high number of years that you've been doing this event. Yeah, yeah. I don't either um, because I've only been a part of it yeah. for a few years, but it's it's like, I mean, I want to say this is like 16th or 17th yeah, year that they've done it. So It's quite a bit. And same for me. I mean, I've only, I've only been a part of it. I think the last, I've been to it the last maybe three years. Yeah or maybe two years actually. Um, but it's, it's kind of an interesting event and I'm not sure how much, uh, you, uh, like what your role is in that event or if it's Kaylin, that's uh, primarily putting it on and everything, but, um, it is something that diligent and people's company puts on yep. and, uh, it's a pretty neat thing. And I don't know in other markets, um, maybe there's things like this in other markets that maybe more of an association would put on versus a company, but, I do think it's an interesting thing to highlight because not only for people who are listening in uh, the Des Moines area who may be interested in attending, but also other markets who maybe don't have anything like that where they get builders and developers together, you know, once a year into uh, some sort of, you know, conference uh, hall and, yeah. and have speakers come in and talk on the state of the, uh, the market in, in your particular community and everything like that. Uh, so maybe, uh, and again, like I said, I don't know how much, like what your role is with it and everything, but uh, is there anything on on that event that uh, you'd like to share? Yeah, I, uh, Kalen's definitely the star of the event. Um, I take a, a backseat role, but um, involved nonetheless. I, I don't know how much I can speak to the history, um, but obviously, so Steve Brewer, um, who's co-owner of, of Diligent, and he's um, founder of, of People's Company, um, is is great at throwing parties, <laughs> having, having industry events. So, um, if, if you're familiar, he, people's company hosts the land expo, um, which is a huge event over, oh, well over a thousand people come from all over the world, honestly. Um, and he's had speakers, um, Beck Ramaswamy was a couple years ago. He's had Trump on there. Uh, Martha Stewart this year is Drew Bledsoe. Um, so get some really, uh, Jimmy John was, yeah. was, yeah, last year. So he's gotten some really impressive speakers, um, and has really used that as a way to, to kind of show off what people's company is, is capable of what they're doing, but also just, you know, be, be a resource to the, to the market. Um, so I, I think this is kind of a, a mini version of that and, it, and not so many anymore. I mean, I think we get, um, you know, over 300 people that participate in the builder launch in, um, these last few years. So, um, but yeah, it, it'll be a nice little event. It's just a short little two, two and a half hour lunch. Um, this year we will have, um, Adam Farber, who is the chairman of Pella corporation. So we're really excited about that. We, we almost always get, um, somebody who's kind of regional, local, um, and then a national economist. And, and he kind of fits the bill for both, right? So he's got kind of the firsthand knowledge of, of the Des Moines metro and, and Pella area and local Iowa, um, but also through, through Pella, um, knows a lot of the national trends where, where costs are going, commodities, how much demand there is for new housing because how much demand is there for windows. Um, 
So really excited. He'll kind of be our keynote. Um, naturally, we've got an economist because we all in this industry like to debate on where interest rates are going, mm -hmm. where costs are going, um, where's demand, what's, you know, what's going on. Um, so yeah, it'll, it'll be a really exciting year this year. Um, because it's, it's kind of our, our typical get the economist in, um, Kalen will do a deep dive on kind of the local market and how many lots were delivered and building permits and stuff like that. So it'll have everything that, um, the builder luncheon is is known for, but I think it'll be a fun twist to have somebody who is kind of a, a catch-all that knows the national economy, who knows why Des Moines is is maybe special and and bucks the trends of some of the national trends, um, and then also kind of has that that firsthand experience. The the business knowledge is isn't you know love economists, but um, can actually kind of put proof to the numbers. I guess yeah. No, makes sense. And by the time this episode is published, the land development or not land development, I'm sorry, the land expo uh, will have already happened uh, in January. Uh, however, the uh, builder and developer luncheon in Des Moines uh, will not have happened yet. So uh, I'll make sure to put a link in the description for this episode with a link to uh, to you know sign up if somebody wants to attend if they're in the area. But also, um, if somebody wants to, you know, reach out to you and has maybe just questions in general about whether it's the the luncheon or maybe it's the uh, just something related to to Diligent or something that you talked about today, what's the best way for somebody to get in touch with you? Yeah, uh, email. All right, <laughs> email or call. Uh, that's the beauty about a, a small business, right? Uh, Kalen's email and cell phone numbers on our website. My email and cell phone numbers on the website, um, so we're we're pretty readily available to, to to anyone. So, perfect. And I'll throw a link to the diligent website uh, also in the description for this episode. Uh, but with that said, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap up here. Uh, if you haven't already subscribed to the episode, I would appreciate you uh, clicking that subscribe button and uh, joining us again for some of the future episodes that we have coming up. A lot of good conversations that uh, we have scheduled and uh, we'll continue to put out more more conversations to help provide as much value as we can and uh, with that said we'll talk to you next time